you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right. Good morning. It looks like we're live, man. How you doing today? Hey, Mark. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I've been, uh, uh, we've got to chat a little bit, uh, you know, before this podcast, and then, uh, you know, getting getting to uh, chew the same dirt. Looking forward to the podcast. We're going to share a lot of stuff, and I'm sure we're going to impact a lot of people that struggle, um, especially when it comes to weight loss. But I'm going to introduce you real quick, Justin, and then. Uh, and then you can add whatever you want here. But I had your bio on here. This is what I thought I'd just introduce this way because I think it's it says a lot, right? At age 16, Justin was facing death. Doctors gave him a grim outlook. Weighing in at 799 pounds, Justin had hit rock bottom. He suffered from severe depression, anxiety, food addiction. Justin knew that he had to make the choice to change. 20 years later, Justin is now 600 pounds lighter and is now free from addiction, anxiety, and depression. Justin is a motivational speaker. He's an author, a podcaster, and a health and wellness coach, and has devoted his life now to helping inspire others to gain their life back. That sounds pretty uh, <laughs> intense for 16, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So I have nothing. Well, we're going to definitely talk more, but nothing else to add right now. Just encourage listeners to listen in and, and definitely uh, eat up what we're about to share with them. Yeah. So it's, it's appropriate, right? Your background is that, is that, okay. Now is that a green screen or is that your gym behind you? That's my green screen. I wish it was my gym, man. <laughs> Cause I was going to be like, and I have a really nice home gym, but it ain't that I can tell you that. So, uh, I, you know, I put a lot of money into a gym right before the uh, pandemic. As a matter of fact, I, uh, the gym culture has changed. Do you know what I mean? You got planet fitness and, you know, and on Fridays they'll serve you pizza. <laughs> right. I'm like, what, what are we doing? Right. And there's no judgment here, you know? Uh, but, and you know, if you lift something heavy, something's wrong with you. And then you got crunch now and you got $10 gyms and, and $10 gyms bring $10 clients. And, and, you know, it just doesn't have that same, we had powerhouse here for 20 years. That's where I went. Older guys went at 10 o'clock like myself and older bodybuilders and stuff like that. And it was just a gym culture. And that is just kind of taken. So I, I made my own gym at the house. So, but I'll tell you what, like today it's freaking cold. You know what I mean? When I lifted today, I was like, man, 
it's so cold you can't work up a sweat you know i gotta wear a, a cut suit so that i can at least get get sweating you know what i mean yeah man i'll tell you what at those times of the the day 10 o'clock that is the perfect time to go to the gym i actually i love that that crowd there because usually like you said it's the older folks um mm -hmm. and then I don't have to worry about all the machines being used up because I could just I could just go and, and use what I got to use. It's it's a it's definitely a good time. And it's very it's a good social time. I don't know yeah. about you, but I've noticed younger people, myself included, uh, where we tend to put our head earbuds in or something and then uh, keep to ourselves. But in that time of day, it's like you get some socialization as you go with it, you know. Yeah, because yeah, so the other yeah, the other, it's definitely an older crowd for sure, and that is I, I can't stand to go to the gym at five o'clock because you don't know these days you hit you hit GoPros and iPhones because everybody's got to be taping themselves for TikTok or whatever there, you know, and then be on the machine for hour. I'm like, bro, man, move off. I have to exercise self control when I go to the gym at five o'clock, and a lot of it. So there's that. So. Well, let's let's dive in. Uh, let's dive into what what we're going to talk about, and then and kind of what you do now with with life. And I I think I've shared with you before. Um, I'm I'm also at, well. Let's see. My I always had probably been made fun of in school, especially junior high. And then you, when you look back on pictures, and you, I often wondered, I'm like, what the heck are they making fun of me for? You know, I was. I lifted weights when I was about 12 years old. I just always kind of liked it. I always liked lifting. I always, I was that guy that looked on the back of the comic books and the guy getting kicked in the sand and you know that you remember all that. And, uh, so I always kind of lifted weights back then. And so I was kind of bigger than everybody else, even more, uh, you know, my shoulders are wider and stuff like that. So, but you know, in, in school, kids were just very cruel and, and, uh, it did. And I, and I shared with you, that I believe that there's two kinds of fat kids in school, right? You got those that are jolly and ollie, and you got those that are borderline bullies. You know what I mean? And because that's how they deal with this oppression they have all day. And I was not the jolly ollie dude. Um, I, you know, I defended myself one time and I realized, wow, people, at least they don't talk to my face if I do this. So what was it like at yours at, in, in school? When did that start for you? Yeah, Mark, that's, uh, man, I'm glad we can relate on that, even though it's a hard thing to go through, you know? Um, so in elementary school, it was easy. It was so easy because kids loved me at that point. Like they, I was the bigger kid. I was, I was probably two, three times the size of my fellow classmates. And, and I was that, that bodyguard, of Not my right. friends like don't you don't you touch my friends i'll i'll mess you up i'll sit on you i'll you know you're not gonna have a good day if you mess with my friends and, and kids were afraid of me you know i never was a bully myself i just i just took that role of protector if you will a guardian if you will well after elementary school was over it was time for middle school and it seems like things have changed like night and day in middle school i remember going and there were upperclassmen there were our middle school consisted of sixth seventh and eighth grade and then I would go and uh, go to school and I've noticed upperclassmen, they looked at me, they would, they would take some glances at me, they would see me waddle, they would, they would say some things periodically. Well, as time went on, uh, kids got more mean, they, they flashed me nude pictures of women and said, you're never going to have a wife one day or whatever, girlfriend one day. Um, they would poke fun at me. I mean, the ladies, the, the upperclassmen ladies would actually tease each other to ask me out, um, which, which made me 
kind of feel bad at that point. Cause I'm like, well, I'm already feeling insecure about myself. So here you are doing that. And then I would always be the guy that waited till everybody else got up the stairs to go to the next class because they would make fun of me from behind and they would, they would make fun of my, my bottom side, my backside. And I just remember, man, just feeling, just feeling sad, just feeling a little down about that. And, and really insecure and it fed those insecurities so much. And I would go home and I would just eat, you know, that's where I was at. That's what I did. That was my escape. And that's what I would do to deal with it. So the bullying wasn't fun. Um, it happened a lot in middle school and it just wasn't something I looked forward to every day. I mean, it definitely made me not want to go to school sometimes, you know, uh, I did have good friends periodically, you know, I, I made some friends and kind of the misfits of the group, I would say, uh, they were the people that nobody included. And I would just take them under my wing and just say, Hey, I'm going to hang out with these guys. Cause we had that in common. I mean, people made fun of us. That's what they did. And, and we were that group that had that in common. So we just hung together and those became my close friends. Yeah. That's, that's all. Yeah. That's all remnants of, of what, what, what had happened there also, you know what I mean? And, um, Hey, Susan, this is a friend of mine here. This is a student out in Burbank there. I think, um, she's watching this morning. So I, um, you know, I, I'm trying to reminisce back then, you know, it's funny, uh, cause in junior high, I even became the class president in junior high school. Right. I was, now, did you play, did you play any sports or did you not play sports? I didn't play sports. No. So I did, you know, I was super competitive. I've always been a competitive dude. So I played sports is probably what probably helped me anyway is to, is to play the sports. And so I played football and baseball and basketball and all that kind of stuff, especially in junior high school. And I look back, back in the days now, see you, you don't live here in California, but, um, you know, you're talking about probably when we had to go to school, it was probably a 15 mile, um, drive, right? My mom would do every morning. Well, I remember back as a kid, I would ride my bike because it was at church. I went to a Lutheran school. And I would ride my bike from that house all the way to church, play basketball for an hour and a half, and then ride the bike back. I did this probably twice a week, you know, to go to go get in some gym time. And still, and I look back on it too, in, in on on being hassled. And I don't know where it changed in high school, right? I I went from a small school to a big school, right? A small private school to a, uh, a public school, high school. Did, did you do the same thing? Have you had the same friends? And so did you transition from the, the junior high school you were at into the high school? Did friends follow? Yes. Uh, so <clears throat> moving into high school, I did have some, some similar friendships with people. Um, but I became so large and this is where we'll go into the other part of my story uh, in a moment. But I became so large that I felt uncomfortable even going to school. So I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which left for more bullying and left for more, more room for people to say things. So I actually didn't want to go back to school for, uh, for a while because I was just getting larger and more insecure as we go. So, yeah, uh, ninth grade, I went back. It was, it was senior high. And then after my ninth grade year, I started getting becoming homeschooled for the rest of uh, my my school placement yeah so how much how much so where were you in so i remember in junior high so i played some basketball in junior high and believe it or not i tell this story quite often 
in junior high school, I took over somebody's position on the team, right? This is Mike Carroll. He's a firefighter. He's a jujitsu black belt. He's an, he's an awesome dude. This guy is a, uh, he's a stud pup. Um, and so I took over somebody's and then, uh, I was sitting on the bench and I was kind of, you know, nobody, I didn't really know anybody in high school and he came by and he punched me right in the face. You know, I didn't do martial arts then and he broke my jaw and it broke in two places from here and here. I was, I was wired shut through Thanksgiving and Christmas that year, November 16th, 1977. I remember the day, like his name is Tony Mendoza. I've been looking for him ever since I would like to just. I would like to talk to him one more time with my skill set now. And so, uh, but I had my jaw broken, right? And I was wired shut. And I remember losing weight because my I had to drink everything through a straw. So, you know, my mom's trying to make turkey dinner in a blender. I remember the whole thing. And so, you know, that was the start of my kind of my high school thing. And high school kind of went downhill for me. And I ended up in a continuation school. Uh, and then when I got out of school, I even had more weight gain. I'm not really sure why. I, and I look back on it and don't know why, why it happened. You know what I mean? I don't know if you, do you have parents that did, was your mom a cook? My mom was a cook and she is today still. And, um, and you know, dieting back then was definitely not what it is today. Did you experience that? Where did, or did, were you a fast food kid? Where did it come? So my parents were, uh, they were cooks. They liked to make, we had family dinners all the time, um, sat down, but it was majority of the time though, Mark, it was mostly junk food. You know, it was, it was the hot dogs and the sausages and, mm -hmm. and not saying they're terrible, terrible for you, but they were highly processed. They weren't the best for me. We had potato chips and we had these extra, these thicker white buns and ice cream and, and things like that at the dinner table. So, um, I had that to go home to, but honestly, it was more of just, I had an addiction problem. I had an addiction to food that I absolutely just would go to it for everything. That was, that was my downfall. And no matter if I was feeling happy, sad, it was a celebration. I would eat food. If it was disappointment, I would eat food. If I was angry, well, how do I get out of this mood? I'm gonna go eat food. That, that's what it, it came down to for me. So um, at home, my home life, my parents also, they love to eat as well. Uh, my whole family did actually. So they were, I would say, I don't like the word much, but they were ignorant on health and wellness you know, they, they didn't really, um, they didn't really know what healthy was. I mean, we didn't have a side salad at dinner time most of the time. So we did get our vegetables in, if you want to call iceberg lettuce vegetables, but, uh, you know, the rest <laughs> of it was just junk food. So, um, <laughs> I had that to deal with at home. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think when I, I, I try to look back on my, um, on my habits of myself, right. And, you know, carb carb rich diet was definitely part of the part of the thing. I I I'm trying to think on when when I think when I went on my own is when things you know when you have you know apartment and you're living on peanut butter and um and you know you know what I'm talking about pizza something that's simple and easy and cheap and McDonald's right with the two double cheeseburgers and the whole nine yard back in the day. I don't even know you know. I, part of my journey when I lost weight was really kind of kicking out of, uh, fast food. You know what I mean? And not, it was easier for me to give it up than try and say, okay, what's there that I can eat. And you know, I tell people now, you know, that, you, you know, 
it, there's some go-to things there that's more a healthier choice than than some of this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like even even like like going and getting pizza is not the best choice of your of the day for sure. So, you know, I don't know. Let's let's talk about what it was like. And I, cause I know we've experienced this, man. Uh, first of all, mirrors suck, right? Uh, mirrors suck so bad, and so did pictures, right? And every time you see the picture, I was like, I cannot possibly. I, why, I don't know why when we look at the mirror, we don't seem to think that we're as bad as what we think we are, right? Yeah. Then yeah. you take a picture, and you're like, what the heck is going on, man? Yeah. And... And the scale, the scale and I have a love hate relationship. I love to hate it, and I'd like to smash it into play in into pieces quite often, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I I saw in your thing you said you weighed seven ninety nine. So did you never hit the eight? Man, man, I'm glad you asked that because I was after hearing that I'm like. Mom, go fetch me a pizza or something because I got one pound away, you know. But I think 799 <laughs> has a good ring to it anyway. It just has that just one pound away. But so it's enough to make you frustrated that you didn't get it to 800, but it's also a blessing at the same time you didn't get to 800, right? So it's kind of this hit or miss thing. I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> I saw that I said, I'm going to ask him that question was like, man, I missed my goal by one pound. And that's. Uh, <laughs> It's, right it's or a- or the thought process is going to be that's right i never made it there that's right that's that, right, right? Yeah. i did you 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 never can say i weighed 800 right and so um um but yeah I, I would say that's that's quite a bit you know i don't know you know let's talk about were you able to drive were you were you able to get a license and do that kind of stuff were you did you get more confined the bigger you got yeah mark um Dude, I was so I was 16. So I, I guess if you would look history of the world, I'm not sure there ever ever was a 16 year old person who was 799 pounds. So I think that that's a remarkable thing to me. I'm just like, wow, I I, I got to that point in my life, you know, um, as a person who was so large at a, such a young age, I couldn't do a lot. Like I remember just just moving around in my home. This is after I came home from the hospital um, from being diagnosed you know, with, with a bunch of things like that, but also my weight. Um, they, I, I remember I just was trying to recover as, at 16 years old. So I wouldn't even think about driving. Like those were things that I wished I could have done, but I just couldn't at that point in my life. So I, my lifestyle was, was pretty simple, man. I, I sat on my bed, browse the internet, uh, watch TV. We didn't have, you know, a lot of, so we had MySpace back then, uh, we didn't have like a, like social media, like we do today. We can play games, stroll, scroll through and all that stuff. Um, I would blog. I would do that. Uh, we just had cell phones starting to come out at that point that were mobile cell phones you could take. So I remember my cell phone, I would try to text some friends who actually had one. My life was very, very dull and boring, to be honest with you. I, and I ate food, but as I was recovering, I wasn't eating like I, I once Eight, you know, I, I wasn't the same person that way, but yeah, it, it was, I didn't do the things that I, my other friends were doing. In fact, I became jealous that my friends would go out and play football and I wanted to go out and play football, but I couldn't, I was wishing, I was wishing, I was like, I wish I could do that. And I could eventually. So that's the good news. But I was at this point in my life where I needed help and assistance to get better. And, and I became better. So yeah, I remember just sitting there wishing I could do some of the things my friends were doing, but I just wasn't at the place to do it. Hmm. Yeah, I, 
I think that so health wise, were you on any other medications? I was on a several different anti-anxiety slash depression medications at that point in my life. Um, I was on, I was probably on those for about two years, actually. They started at 14 years old. See, that's when it all kind of started at 14. I was always bigger, but at 14 to 16, those were the two years that really I started ballooning up because the anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and depression all played a, a huge role in me gaining a lot of weight because food was my, my drug of choice to cope, but the anxiety, panic, depression, that was the stuff that kind of held me in immobility, if you will. Like I was, I was scared to move. That was the, the hard part of my life. Like, and those two years of age, um, two years from 14 to 16, that was something that I didn't do much of was that that was moving. Cause I thought my heart was going to explode on me. It would, it would skip beats and it would flutter on me, it would start racing and it would throw me into a panic attack. And then I would eat food. I would get depressed. And it was a cycle that just kept going and going and going, which eventually caught up with me as I got to be uh, 799 pounds at 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, right. 16, your youth is probably what helps save you. I would imagine, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's a lot of formidable years that, that you definitely would have missed. But I, I, you know, I, I think I shared this with you before that depression thing. I don't know how you, well, I guess you hid your depression through, um, you know, your food. Right. And I think I hid mine through aggression, to be honest with you. Right. I, I would, I would, I would pound some weights and I would, and you know, I, I don't know about you, but I just didn't like myself at all. I hated myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I just, I I don't know why I I find that even today, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll, I'll run into that same cycle sometimes even today because of, of past or whatever. Um, now did your parents, did they, Somebody had to feed your addiction. So who was that? Yeah, man, I was a manipulator. Um, I was, I played with emotions a lot. So I had growing up, my family consisted of my mom and dad and my brother. Now my brother was uh, special needs in some way. He had a couple of mental disabilities and I took advantage of that. Um, we lived right above a convenience store. So it was perfect. You know, at that point in my life, I instigated him and manipulated him to go to the store, take money out of my mom and dad's purse uh, or my mom's purse. And then I would have him go down to the store and, and buy me some things. And eventually my mom caught on to that, but I would be such a sneak. And then I would be able at times to manipulate my mom and dad. Like I, I threw fits. I, you don't love me if you don't feed me type stuff. And, and they, they wanted me just to be quiet probably. Cause I would, I would throw fits. Like I was not a good kid. I was not, I, I played, I played people real well. Because that's all, honestly, sitting there doing nothing, you, you're bored, number one. Like, you're not doing anything active. So you're miserable with yourself, and you're thinking, how can I get what I want? Because I need something to be happy. And I would have um, my mom and dad cook me something. Hey, let's have this for dinner. Hey, I would eat more at dinner than they did because I was hungry. Um, and then my brother would get me food, like all that stuff. And over the course of the years, that just added up, and that just caught up with me as well. So I played the game real well with them, uh, even threatened to to call uh, child services because they weren't going to feed me. 
Um, so just stupid stuff. Like looking back at it, like I took advantage of their kindness, of their love. And, and I'm, I'm not a biological father, but I'm a stepfather. And I can see how my heart, even for my stepson is like, I want to please my stepson. I want him to be happy. I want him to be, uh, you know, taken care of. I want to make sure that he's, he's comfortable. And there's a time and place where you got to say, no, I totally understand it. I don't say yes to everything. Like do the generic version of that. I don't care. Like that's, I'm not paying three extra dollars. Sometimes that has to happen. But as a biological parent, I can only imagine uh, seeing your son or daughter in a situation where they're not happy with themselves or depressed or anxious. And you just want something to comfort them and be there for them. And so they would give in and, and don't get me wrong. They didn't do it every time. There would be times where I'm like, I want a pizza. And they was like, no, you don't need that. But I would just kick and scream and find my way to, to make them go get it for me. Now, you can look at that as, as a type of abuse if you wanted to. You can look at that as, as saying, you know, you're enabling this person. And they were. But I also take it this way. I'm not passing the blame on everybody else. But I'm also going to look in the mirror myself. I was at an age of accountability where I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's hundred percent me, but I will take some ownership in that and say, I chose to put that stuff in my mouth. I chose to manipulate. I chose to play the game to make them get me the stuff that I want. And I played it really, really well. Um, even fear mongering at some point. And I, I'm so ashamed to say that, but at the same time, I want to be vulnerable and transparent with everybody here listening. I'm no longer the same person. Um, I've learned a lot from this moment. My mom and dad and I have a great relationship. My brother and I have a great relationship and, uh, you know, I, 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 we're at a better place than we ever were, but back then it was just a very difficult time for everyone. And I'm not sure if mom and dad knew where to turn with this whole thing, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And are now mom and dad still with you now, right? You still have both parents? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so good. Relationship is, has, uh, probably been a lot better at this point. Correct. It's, yeah. it's amazing today, man. I mean, we, I live in Texas. They're in Pennsylvania. We call each other every day. We're going to eventually go back up and say hello. They're going to move down here eventually too. But yeah, uh, it's so much better today. There's time healed everything. And they're, you know, my parents are very forgiving as well. I'm very forgiving as well. And so we kind of just let, let it, okay, it's over. We're, we're burying the hatchet. This is done. We're, we're moving forward. And, and now we have a very beautiful relationship. Um, one of respect and, and one where it's, it's very healthy. So <clears throat> let's, let's get into the mindset of, cause I, I spoke to you a little bit about, about where I was, right. I told you that out of the blue, I get blood clots out of the blue. Right. <laughs> I remember this so vividly. Yeah in my head this is only a few years ago and you know i got this because of a uh you know i because of something physical right and it just didn't heal right and i and i and i told you that i thought at that time that i had a blood clot and they didn't see it when i went to so i I flew in an airplane and i was teaching the military at the time I was doing the class and and teaching on the second half man i was so tired at the end of the day man i just knew something wasn't right and I, I suffered this for a whole week. And when I came home, I went to the gym and I told my son, I got to go to the hospital, man. I feel like somebody took a rib. It's a, you know, I took some punishment over that week anyway. I said, I really think that I, I have a rib out. And then it comes to find out that I had double, double blood clots in my lungs. Right. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding. And, and that started, you know, shots in the stomach and the, and the whole nine yards. And 
And I was probably, well, I know because they had told me I was in, in close to, I don't know, 387. And I'm like, 387, what the frick are you talking about? Right. And, uh, and, you know, I was even, I was there super depressed in that hospital, but I had to put on this big face. I mean, you know, my, my parents were beside themselves. My kids were like, you know, I didn't want them to think, you know, dad's going to be on his way out and different things like that. I was not doing things I should have done. I was shooting testosterone. I really wasn't, I wasn't being, uh, you know, I was just shooting it, you know I mean? You know, thinking that I was doing what I, what I was doing and, I didn't really realize where I was, how much I weighed. And I was like, what the heck? And, uh, you know, and I probably hadn't even weighed myself. I don't know how many years. Right. And cause in high school, you know, I weighed about 235, 255 in high school, about a 36 inch waist, sometimes 38, depends on how much country I had on me at that time. And, uh, and so it wasn't, you know, anything there, but I mean, I was made fun of like, you have no idea. Right. And I was just, you know, I just couldn't stand, I, I just couldn't stand myself, you know, because everywhere I go, it, it was always something said or, or something or other. And I remember laying in the bed saying what, you know, I don't want to stroke, you know, I was real fearful. And I remember eating a freaking, um, a candy bar. And I don't even hardly, I don't really even eat candy bars. Right. But somebody brought one and that's what I'm eating. I remember, I remember this vividly. No one's in the room and I'm like, why am I eating this? Why am I eating this shit? Why am I doing this? And, and then I remember in my head, said, like, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well die with a, with a candy bar in my mouth then. You know what I mean? So that's why, that's, that's where I started. But is in that bed is where my mindset started to change a little bit. Where did your mindset change? When, what was your, did it come and go? Did you say, okay, and I, I speak about this quite often. You probably, if I know, I know you, I, I know this is true because I know me. We get super motivated right late at night. Tomorrow morning is I'm going to start. I'm going to start it tomorrow morning. And then around two o'clock in the afternoon when life kind of takes over, our motivation hits. And if we don't have any self-discipline, we're like, okay, we'll try it next week. Yep. Yep. Right. I, I know that, I know that that this is part of the process when so when did you end up saying okay this is um this is it and did you have to start and stop start and stop or when you made a, a mind shift it started how did where did that transpire where did the mindset start so when i was so just to just to retract to where it started to how i became focused on losing weight and becoming healthier so the ages 14 to 16 is when I started ballooning up a huge amount of weight. And then I remember they had to rush me to uh, the emergency room in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I was from a small town in Pennsylvania, three and a half hours away was Pittsburgh with a children's hospital. Uh, they, wheel they, they took me by ambulance to that because I became so large. My doctor saw me at an appointment and was like, we have to take you to Pittsburgh. We have to take you to a children's hospital that's going to take care of you because we don't know what's going on. You could have blood clots. You could have you know, issues. There's so many different things that could happen at somebody your size. And so they took me by ambulance down to uh, Pittsburgh, got me in the room there, took care of me, got my vitals all checked over. Uh, I was all good. Oxygen put on there and, and all that stuff stabilized, if you will. Mm -hmm. And 
looking back at my life, I had nothing. I mean, sitting there in a hospital bed in a, in a room watching television by yourself, you know, your parents aren't, can't stay with you. They can stay until nine o'clock at night or whatever, but they have to leave and, and being all alone, kind of scared, kind of scared. Like what, what's happening to me? Like, what did I become? I'm only 16. I I'm on oxygen. My heart rate at rest is like 118. I mean, I have sleep apnea now and, and a couple of things like that. And I just remember just thinking of my life, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I was, I was nervous. I was scared. I was, I was at a place in my life where I needed to change. And so in steps, something that changed my life. And this is where my story comes in and it becomes unique. I had a, a knowledge of God. I had a awareness that there was something more because I didn't love myself. I hated myself. I didn't love how I looked. And like, we were talking mm -hmm. about the mirror. We were talking about the scale. Like I didn't love who I became or I was becoming. I didn't, I didn't see myself having, having any value. I just didn't like who I was, but I knew that there was a creator who does love me for who I am and said, you know what? If you don't want your life, I'll take it, give it to me. And so I gave Jesus my heart, gave him my life. I just said, you know what? Here I am all yours. I need you to help me out. Help me to get through this. I need your assistance. I give my life to you. And then I was a very perfect person after that. No, just kidding. Uh, we, yeah. we start, yeah, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> we start, you know, I start transforming my life, uh, partnering with him to help me with that. But, uh, just taking small steps at a time. I just had a point in my life at that moment, I was 16 and sitting in a hospital bed. I knew my life had to be different. So that was the switch. That was the, that was the, the switch that I needed to turn on. Now, the the journey to get there wasn't an easy one. You know, you make that decision, you know, you had to get better, you know, you had to recover, you know, there has to be something has to be done, or you're going to die like that all is is sinking through now. So that becomes a motivator, your new way of looking at yourself. I now believe I was valued and loved that my life mattered. I wasn't some some fat guy sitting in a bed feeling like he doesn't have anything to offer anymore. I had to wrestle with those thoughts, but I erased those thoughts because I know what God said about me. And then that helped me transform my mindset. And throughout the years, seven, eight years, I had ups, I had downs, I lost a bunch of weight, gained a few pounds back. I got fell off the wagon, got back on the wagon. Mark, you could probably relate to all that, you know, knowing that up and down, up and down, just to get this right then. Let's, oh, we messed up. Let's just wait another week. We'll try again later. Like all that stuff happened. But it was when I was 16, the mental switch finally went off and I finally did something about it. But it was a journey, it was a process. So it wasn't, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, if people haven't seen me for a while, right? So when I got on this, I told the story that, you know, there's, I, I have really, I don't know if you got a, a kind of a core group of guys. There's, there's, I have a core group of guys that are kind of my go-to guys, right? I don't speak a lot. I don't, I don't have a big, circle. I got a very small inner circle and just like you, I think I, I shared this with you, you know, because, you know, being a believer also, I'm not a big fan of life groups, right? Every church does life groups and everybody, I'm not the guy that's going to sit around and tell you uh, my intimate secrets in a, in a room full of people. I, I just, it's just not me. I'm not singing Kumbaya with a bunch of people unless I've rolled around with you on the mat or we've bled together a little bit or we've chewed the same dirt. You know, uh, I'm not doing that. And I think most guys are probably like that anyway. You know, well, men of old, at least. But 
so, you know, I did, I, I had that same thing and I had these talks. I had this talk with, I, I've asked, I, I've specifically said, if, if this is your will to have me, don't just take me, just take me home. Don't give me a stroke where I gotta be, I gotta live a stroke life. You know what I mean? I don't want that. And I remember leaving too. I was on sleep apnea machines also. I remember this. I remember vividly. I remember being heavy, I guess, when my, I took my kids to Vegas with me when we used to go on a once-a-year thing, and they said I'd sound like a bear in a cave, right? Um, to where, I, you know, I don't make any sounds hardly when I sleep now. You know what I mean? It's amazing what the weight did. My mindset shift happened. I remember I was laying in bed, and my heart, I, I don't know, I felt a little flutter, and I'm like, oh, man, is this it? Am I, am I getting another, you know? Am I getting, am I going to get a stroke? Is, do I have another blood clot? What is, what's going on? And this is how I lived for six months in fear. And I got so tired of it. I remember asking God, I said, look, I, listen, I can't live like this anymore. So I'm just going to go for it, you know? And I went searching and my, my good friend that runs the studio in my other school and see me, Jay Walker, he's the one that just won a contest. He's an older guy. Like, you know, he's a, he, He's uh, in his 50s, right? And um, I watched him transform himself. And I said, what'd you do? And he goes, hey, well, I, you know, I was doing the keto and I was doing this hit training. And I said, okay, let me look at this keto thing. And so I started looking at it. And I didn't tell anybody. But I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I started doing it. And then all of a sudden started work. Then I did 75 hard along with it, right, to get my mindset right. And then it just kind of took over, right? And then I'd lost... I think 115 pounds, right? And then I don't know about you on how, you know, where you break through. This is the question I have, right? So we talked about what your mindset is. At 16, you're doing this. Then all of a sudden, did you ever hit plateaus where it just nothing happened, right? So how do you, and, and how do you navigate that? How do you tell people when they hit you know, most people, when they hit plateaus is when they quit and then the the whole cycle will start over again. So how are you helping your clients and what you're doing now? What what does that do? Yeah, Mark, man, um, I'll tell you what, like the plateau thing could definitely if if, if your only metric that you use is a scale, then there's going to be an issue. Right. It's going to be something <laughs> like I hate it's that. Gonna go up. Scale. Yes, it's going to go up. It's going to go down like I just you should do a video sometime just like just annihilating a scale. I, I would love that, it. Like I, would, <laughs> I would use it one of my intros. It'd be great. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the scale as your only source of metrics, then you're going to set yourself up for failure disappointment because it's going to say something one day. I mean, I took a season where I weighed myself every day for a while. It went, when I was really losing weight, it went down and down and down and down. But then there came a point where it started just staying the same. And then I had a week where I was like, I did, man, I did five hours of cardio, you know, throughout the week and, and or six. And I, I lifted weights. I didn't eat like as much as I usually do. And, and I was very careful on the carbs. I was very careful on even like how much protein I'm consuming. I know it's the main source of what I was trying to consume. I was drinking my water like crazy. I put on like three pounds. Like, how do you, how do you do? And if I, if I let myself stay there, I would have said, forget this. This is stupid. Like I'm killing myself by dying myself. And, but I, I find that there's other sources of measurement or metrics that I use 
to assist me with staying and keeping my head in the game when it comes to, to being successful in my transformation journey. So how I feel, how my clothes are feeling, pictures are huge. Like seeing yourself before and afters are amazing. Um, blood markers. If you have a doctor that will do consistent blood markers with you, absolutely very inspiring to see that your cholesterol gets better and your blood pressure goes down and, and your, your A1C is normal, all that stuff like that. All that stuff is, 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 important to factor in your energy level is another one without coffee. I'm saying, you know, I'm not saying coffee's bad, but I am saying like, if you have to count on caffeine to, to just get you through a, uh, just an event, there might be something wrong. Right. So that being said, I wanted to make sure that the scale wasn't the only thing I wanted to make sure that my mind was now set on success comes in different shapes, sizes, appearances, all that stuff. And I tell my clients the same thing. Like I get clients there. Everybody says the same thing, Mark. They're like, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Or some people say, I want to become stronger. I want to be, I want to lift heavier. And I get multiple clients in, in variety of ways like that. And at the end of the program, sometimes, yeah, some, some people lose a hundred pounds and that's great. But some people out of three to six months lose maybe 25 pounds and they have more to lose. But we don't look at that as a fail. We say, look at the changes you've made. Look at the new lifestyle you've now developed. Look at the lives you impacted around you. Look at your health now. Like your doctor is really impressed. You're 25 pounds down. You probably have another 75 to lose, but you're in a way better place than you ever were before. So that becomes a new motivation. It's not the, the pill fixes it all. It's not the whole, you know, you're going to lose a hundred pounds in even a year or six months, but this is the consistency that you're developing, the mindset you're developing to become a healthier person. And that's what I focus on the most is let's get to a better place mentally because the physical will follow when you're in a better place physically or, or mentally and spiritually, I believe. Yeah, that's that's I think that's really good advice. I I, I find that uh, if I didn't I think pictures are the main thing for me. I think when I did 75 hard, part of 75 hard is you have to take a picture of yourself every single day. Mm. <clears throat> you know, the first time I did 75 hard, I didn't do the 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 pictures like I should, right? I, I did a picture every day. But, you know, I can make myself look really good in pictures. I can get the right angle, and I can do this and this, and I look really good in, this, in some of these pictures, right? Because I, I know when I take a good picture because everybody's like, what the heck? And I'm like, man, angles and lights, bro. Angles yep. and lights. Yep. Okay. Can make me look like a movie star. And so the next one I did with um, a shirt off. Okay. Now, I don't know. I don't know about you where you're at now, even in your, in your journey. My sons, even after they had lost a lot of weight, my son, Daniel, I think for the first time ever, he probably, he probably went, went to the beach and took his shirt off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I haven't had my shirt off in public and I don't even know how long. Right. And so, uh, and you can see even, I mean, even, you know, you can see, I have some definition in my arms, but I can tell you right now that, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I punch, you can see some of that little bit of that loose skin, you see what see how it pops. Mm -hmm. And that is, man, that sucks. You know what I mean? I remember having this in the weight loss thing, like, man, what am I going to do with all this hanging skin? I got hanging skin now today, even myself, but uh, you know, in my legs and stuff like that. But, and I hit a plateau and I don't know where you're at. This is me. Now, I don't know what your journey is with food. 
food has always been something that um, has upset my goals in life. My first goal, believe it or not, when I was 18, I wanted to go in the Coast Guard and be a cop on the water. I wanted to go out and bust pot boats. I remember seeing these guys coming in, and they were spray painting uh, pot leaves on their boat. And I asked one of the guys, I said, what does that mean? He goes, this is how much every every leaf is 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 uh, what we've caught on the water. And I said, man, I want to do that. And so I went at 18, and they said, you know, your physical fitness is is not near it. Now, the Army said, just come on in, right? The Coast Guard did not, and so, I, but that's what I really wanted to do, so I didn't do it. So everything that I kind of wanted to do in life, right, the next thing, I, I used to really, really want to be a homicide detective. Once again, uh, the physical side of things, you know, to, to do it was not, was not easy. And so I started developing this attitude of – you know, I can't do things. And my relationship with food is I don't really enjoy going out. I, I enjoy going out and listening to everybody talk. And I can have some I could have some black coffee and, and water and watch everybody eat and enjoy their food. And I don't enjoy it. I, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy food. I don't enjoy uh, uh, going to it doesn't mean, I you know, I won't go to a restaurant. And there's a few things that I can get that that really are. When Kat and I go, maybe, and, and we, you know, I could have a nice piece of salmon with some Brussels sprouts. and But I haven't really had sugar. Hasn't been part of my gig for a long time. And when I have some sugar, uh, the the guilt and everything else that comes with it is just, and then a headache. And I'm like, man, this is sucks. And because uh, I lived on sugar over there for a while, you know what I mean? So what's your relationship with food? How does that look for you? Do you have, did it change over time or how does that look now? My relationship with food, I mean, I can relate to some of the things you're saying. Uh, I mean, I think the last time, so my birthday was November 5th, just past year. Uh, it was 20 years of, of celebrating life for me. Um, and 20 years of, of almost dying, right? It's my death sentence. So I, uh, I have now have a life sentence, which is great. And I remember my wife, she asked, it's always a big deal every, every, uh, every birthday, you know, cause I, I don't eat sweets very rarely do I eat sweets and maybe three to four times a year, it would be something I enjoy. Right. And, um, she got me these big, huge cinnamon buns. Like they're, they're, they're huge. <laughs> um, not quite a whole plate, but big enough to almost be a plate full. Uh, so I had one of those for, and I said, I had one of those <laughs> for, for my birthday. And, I'll tell you what, I loved every second of the eating it, but when it was all said and done, and I had like this super sugar high, like I was like, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go, I have energy. Honey, you don't need you run the house. Like I can do anything right now, you know? And, <laughs> and I felt so good for an hour, dude. And, and then after it was all said and done, I'm like, all right, I'll be back. I'm gonna go for a nap real quick. You know, and it, was, <laughs> it was over, it was over, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I my relationship with food is so different now. It, it's now fuel for my body. Uh, I do. I have learned to enjoy uh, particular foods and look at them as all right. When I have this, it does this for my body. When I eat this, it satisfies me. 
when, so the mindset has shifted to understand that it's not just enjoying it, but you can enjoy it. Like my wife thinks these fantastic granola bars that are called energy bites to me, they're made with honey, coconut oil, uh, nuts and, and oats and just everything natural in them. And, and of course they're higher in carbs. So if you're watching carb content, yeah, you don't want to eat a ton of it, but I'll tell you one of those pop one of those bad boys in my mouth. I am set. Like it's enough for me. It's a natural sugar. It's sweet. It's good. And I don't crave anything. Mostly my difficulty is, is salty things. So I like, you know, if you want to call that savory, um, I like more savory items, like a bag of chips in front of me. That's more hard. That's more difficult for me to overcome than having a donut in front of me, though. I love donuts. So I just kind of have to shift my mindset. Um, and I will sometimes buy tortilla chips and dip them in, in, in salsa. And then I'll have maybe four or five of those. And that'd be enough. Like I try to portion my, my stuff out a little bit because I know if I don't, things can happen. I don't want to go down the bad road again. I want to keep that mental discipline going on. Um, and I want to, I want to be able to enjoy life, but so that, that doesn't mean, you know, enjoying life doesn't mean I'm going to gorge myself on everything. Enjoying life means I have control over the things like food that used to have control over me and I'm no longer living that way. I want to enjoy having, hanging out with my friends, man. I'm going to have a steak. I'm going to have a steak. I'm going to have wings. I'm going to have wings, but I'm not going to eat a dozen wings. I'm not going to eat, you know, a, a, a pound and a half of meat in one sitting, like stuff like that, even though you can, if you wanted to just, it's not worth it to me. So I just developed this new mindset and I recognize a couple things. Like I don't want to do that anymore. Number one, I don't like how I feel. Number two. And number three, I'm an example. Like people are watching me and I don't want to be this guy that says one thing and does another. Right. I don't want to be like, Oh yeah, you need to do this. But here I am pulling all this food towards me and, and eating it in, in an uh, abundance because that's not really practicing what I'm preaching. And I have something called integrity. I believe integrity is very important. And that's what I make sure I, I can make sure that my clients and those watching me actually see that. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. I, I think that, uh, it's did well, you're so yourself now I've watched this in both my kids too, but um, have you, have you flipped your metabolism now, or is it something that still is a constant that you have to watch? You know, um, I exercise five to six days a week. I, that includes strength training and cardiovascular exercise. Um, I'm pretty active minus the time I'm on my computer or doing what I have to do. Like when it comes to sitting, uh, but most of the time I'm pretty active. Uh, now, have I fixed my metabolism? You would think with the activity that I do and the, and the, the foods that I consume, you would think that I would be good. But let me tell you something, man. I, I can put on over a weekend, and this is just a weekend not of eating bad, but okay, I had the normal food intake, didn't really exercise much or move. I put like five to six pounds of water weight on sometimes in two days, um, which can get a little discouraging. If I weigh myself too frequently, I could see that. So it's interesting. Um, I know what it takes. I know what my metabolism requires of me to, to get to a, a good place. Uh, I'm pretty much there right now. I know I have like, I, I go five to 10 pounds flexing here and there and, and it's fine. It's fine. I know what it takes to get to a good place. I know I'm mostly supposed to eat proteins. I know I'm mostly supposed to eat uh, a lower carb approach. So nothing, I don't really count my carbs. If I were, it'd probably be like 75 grams or less that comes from fruits and vegetables. And if I choose to have a few chips here and there or whatever, but, um, and some breads, but I know that's what it takes for me. Um, and the exercise, if I don't move, I notice 
I, I don't, uh, I tend to, to gain again. I don't believe it's fat. I believe it's water weight, but I know what it takes for me to get to a healthy place. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in tune with my metabolism, if you will. Uh, I know what it takes to gain weight. That's simple. Like if you want to ask me, I mean, we can start a new program. How do I gain weight? I'm your guy. I know what it takes. <laughs> I think that, right. I I've, so we, we definitely in that same, in that same world, right. Where it can come. And then you can get people that are, it's so discouraging to watch somebody that can enjoy their food and enjoy everything else. And, and they don't, you know, they have a hard time even, even, you know, I, cause I tell people quite often, I said, man, I can't even look, I can't even look at that buffet. I'll, I'll, you'll roll me out like the, the blueberry girl on Willy Wonka. Okay. And I said, uh, I just, you know, so it's just not that I think that I think that's that relationship with food that I have, you know what I mean? And, um, uh, cause people, you know, people watch me quite often and, and, you know, I've asked this before, why is it that I'm not really, I'm not the guy that will order. Uh, pizza and then even even when you like it when i'm by myself or something you're not i don't i don't really i don't think i've had pizza and i don't even know how long you know and so i'm not that guy and i don't i don't go through uh taco bell and 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 get all that kind of stuff i i just i'm just not that that dude but the stigma of being heavy is you're lazy and undisciplined and I think that's where martial arts came into play. And I said, once you get on this mat with me and you're going to watch what this fat dude can do. And it's going to be, it's going to be uh, a very surprising what I can do. Right. Because I've lived with this now, Justin, for, you know, if I'm not, if you don't think that I know when people step into the school, I'm not your, I'm not your average looking martial artist. Okay. You know, everybody asked me, first of all, you professional wrestling. I look more like that guy, that guy. I'm not the guy that you can stand in front of and I can kick you right in the face. Right. Cause they're not going to think that I can do it or I can move. And so, you know, I hid behind, I hid Earlier in the days, I hid behind my weight and my insecurities by lifting something really heavy, you know, because everybody was so impressed with I could I could squat, you know, 600 pounds or I could deadlift 450. And, you know, you get in that gym and you're just like, Rah, you know, and, if, if, you know, lifting stuff people can't do. It's so. Yeah, it was awesome, but it's super unhealthy, too, you know, because the diet wasn't part of it. I wasn't bodybuilding. I was powerlifting. And so I hid behind that. And then, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I just don't know, you know, I, this, I still, this still happens today because you know, I know what people think when they come in and then all of a sudden they get on the mat with me or they watch me move and they're like, how do you do that? Or I don't even see, I don't, I hardly ever see you eat Mr. Cox and da da da. And I've told people before, I said, you don't see me eat because I just don't have a good relationship with food. I just don't. Yep. And, uh, it doesn't make me happy. It makes me happy being around you guys. It just doesn't, it's not, it's not that thing. And even today, right. Even after losing 115 pounds, I, I, I've been, I was telling Jay the other day, I said, Hey, listen, man, I've been in this lull here now for seven months. And I said, where the scale's not moving. Now, the thing about me is my, the weight you have, I've told you before from my powerlifting days, you know, I'm pretty thick dude, but, uh, it still suffers on my knees, you know, weight 
suffers on my knees. So I've not been back down to any kind of even high school weight, right? And to lose another 60 pounds right now has been really hard because I want to compete. I'll, I'm 61, and I want to get out there with another 61-year-old and compete. And there's not very many super heavyweights that are going to come out and do it, uh, you know, at 61 years old. You're not going to get hardly any 61-year-olds that want to compete anyway, but let alone at that. And so I'm like, okay, do I got to go drop down a weight and go after with these guys a little more athletic and they're still in their late 40s, early 50s, you know what I mean? That makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So those clients, somebody like me that, you know, do you, do you agree that the stigma of being fat is you're lazy and all you do is sit around and eat? I, I freaking can't stand it. I'm telling you right now. See, it, it gets my blood boiling. Uh, it gives me goosebumps like I'm going to crack you right across the face. And uh, when I hear it, uh, because it pisses me off so bad. So, what? I mean, tell me you haven't heard that. Oh, dude, I've heard it. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, it's so simple for some people just to say, just go run. Just go do something. <laughs> like, dude, I can probably surpass you in cardio any day of the week. Like, you're not doing anything. I'm already working out. Some people, genetics play a part. And there's really nothing you can do beyond that point. Like, you can do all you can to change. I always tell people that, too. Like, do what you can. Eat healthier. Exercise. Move. Do what you can. If you want to take some supplements that are healthy for you, do, do it. Do all that stuff. But there's going to come a point where genetics play a role of your makeup. It's just the way it is. I'm not saying you have to be destined to be fat, overweight, and things like that. But I am saying you might be a thicker person. I am. My mom was thicker. And guess what? I follow her footsteps. I have her dad or her build and her dad's build, my grandpa's build. Um, and it's just the way it is. And I got to be okay with who I am. Like, I can't go and say, I mean, I could get plastic surgery done. I could go you know, do some unhealthy things to, to get to a better different place or a better place in my mind, if you want to call it that. But I also finally come to a place too, Mark, where I, I accept myself for who I am. I will change what I can. I will accept what I can't. And I will, I will, I will gladly welcome what I can't and just say, I'm going to rock who I am. Like that's my, my new book that I even I'm writing right now. That's going to be out here soon is it's called made in his image. And that's exactly what it's about. It's about accepting who you are, that you, what you cannot change, changing what you can change, and then thriving in who you are. That's what it's all about. And I wrote it from my heart because that's my story. All my life, I wanted to be different. All my life, I was afraid to look in the mirror. I was afraid to, to have pictures taken of me. But now I just welcome it. And in a moment, sure. In my mind, I'm like, don't take my picture. Oh, wait. And I catch myself like, you know what? Those aren't healthy thoughts. Take my picture. In fact, I'm going to stand in front of everybody else. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, I, you got you to gotta rock who you are. You got to be confident in who you are. And confidence actually carries over for you to be more successful, I believe. Like if I, as soon as I accept I'm Justin, I've lost weight. I can lose another 5, 10 pounds maybe. I might be able to gain some more muscle. Great. But other than that, I have excess skin. Okay, people, you want to look at my skin? That's fine. Here, I'm going to wiggle it in front of you on my leg and show you what it's like. I don't care. Like, I can rock that now and wrestle with my mind and say, you know what, dude? You've come so far. Rock who you are. Be confident who you are. Be who God made you to be. Like, it's just, be, just be cool with who you are right now. And it changed me. It's where I'm at today. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's awesome. So, on that on that note, before we get into what you do before this, you know, I knew this hour would fly by, but uh, – Let's talk about because I talked about my sons about this already. This body dysmorphia stuff. Even my sons, both of them, Michael and uh, Daniel. Will I, I'm trying to get Danny on the podcast at some point because my son Daniel. Now you've been in this in this world and you got a lot of clients. Now my son Daniel, 
he was he was pretty you know he was pretty made fun of in uh, in high school. It's funny today he would smoke anybody running right. He he couldn't run a lap. Today he'd smoke anybody doing it right. And he got his black belt with me, and you know he finally got you know he fulfilled that 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 goal, and he and he's run a five k, and out of fifteen hundred people, he was in the top fifteen. You know when he first did it, but he lost his weight by throwing up. Mm. You know what I mean? By an eating disorder. And I'm going to tell you right now to try and find somebody for a men with eating disorders. I, we couldn't find, it was one guy at his Moore park college where it was, you know, that's a, uh, you know, a small college, a two year college. There's one guy that was an intern that took him under his wing and helped him. We couldn't find a doctor for males with eating disorders ever. And for him to get through that struggle, right? And that's how he originally started losing. That's how much it was so much pressure on him, right? And even today, he's like, Dad, he's like, you know, he's starting to lift a little bit because I said, hey, man, you're sinking in a little bit, bro, from all you're running. You got to get it. You got you got to go lift some weights, man. Okay. And so he started. And, you know, you can see he's filling out now. And he goes, hey, Dad, do you think, I, I mean, you know, am I, am I looking muscular? Am I fat? You know, and my older son, Michael. He's a confident kid now too, but he says he he'll catch himself looking in the mirror and and visualizing what he was. How are you helping clients with this body dysmorphia that you look and do you find yourself doing the same thing? Yeah, it's a game. It, it really is a mental game with yourself. Um, you know, I remember one point in my life, I it was for a small season, uh, maybe a week. I started trying to make myself throw up right uh, after eating a whole bunch of food because I wanted to enjoy the flavor of the food and taste of the food. I was in a bad place mentally and wanted to eat, but I felt like I couldn't because I'm going to gain weight and just wasn't healthy. This was all in the process of me losing weight. And, uh, one guy, it was funny. It was at a church actually. It was, it was, I was on a staff at one of my churches that I used to go to. And, uh, I, in the middle of the day, I had this huge lunch and after lunch, I go to the bathroom and I, I throw it up. And sorry to be graphic, but just being, just being real. And he called me later. Cause he, I guess I wasn't good at covering my tracks <laughs> and he uh, called me later and said, Justin, what's going on here? And I said, well, you know, I just recently started this. This is what I've been doing. And, and he's like, we need to, and, you know, he, he was there for me, prayed with me. And he just reminded me that it wasn't healthy. Like, you know, there's other ways to do this. You know, you've done, you, you've accomplished so much already, Justin, and you don't need to, to stoop to that level, right? You don't need to do that. There's help for that. There's this and that. And, and I had to take a step back for a second and say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to a bad place. And on top of that, Mark, I was, I was doing excessive cardio all the time. I mean, I was, I was for a season of my life around that time, actually, I was doing like, I mean, I was doing the whole, I'm going to consume 1200 to 1500 calories and burn off 12 to 1500 calories on a treadmill or elliptical or something, which we know that's not right anyway, because the calorie count is so high up on those things at times. And, but I would do it in an unhealthy way that would equal maybe a three hour session on the elliptical, uh, or a three hour walking session or walk jog or whatever I did. And it was just unhealthy. It was just a point where it came obsessive, uh, with the food and with, with the exercise. And I saw the weight go down, 
it was part of that. It was actually part of a program at the local gym I was part of at that point. And it was called Mission Meltdown. And I was <laughs> beginning of the year, like I was melting down, man. Like I had like an, whatever, a hundred, about 70 pounds or 60 pounds more to go or whatever it was. And I was, I lost probably about 40 pounds on that program in a, in a three month span, which was what I was doing was very unhealthy, even though I saw the results, but guess what happened after I was done with that? I just went up again and gained some of that weight back, but cause it wasn't a healthy way of doing that. But anyway, so I tell people, you know, you have to understand like some of you, some of these people listening today or who will hear this in the future or talk to one of us, they're going to have children one day, right? Women, especially, I think it attacks women a lot. Um, you know, their bodies change after having kids. And there comes a point where you just got to have to accept what that looks like. Um, you don't have to go to, to silly levels like like practicing bulimia or anorexia, or anorexia uh, and other things like that to, to become a healthier person. You just have to, number one, accept that you have babies, accept that it's a beautiful thing, accept that, wow, you, you birthed amazing people, right? And here you are today. Now accept the body you have, change what you can, accept the body you have and rock who you are. Be confident. That's what I would say in that situation. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's really good advice for, for people. I think that, that, that will resonate quite well. I think we talked about that a little bit too, that I think men have a little bit easier time with weight than, than even women. I think I told you this before. I've, I've, I've talked about this often that, racism and everything else is talked so much, right? Black, white, da, da, da. I'm telling you right now that the fat kid in school gets ridiculed before any race because every race and every creed will make fun of the fat person depending on, it doesn't matter what color creed they are. And then when they're a female, it's even worse, right? And it just, it, it's, it's, it is brutal. People are brutal, man. I think that's why I do martial arts so I can choke them out. Uh, so, that's I think that that is definitely goes well. Let's let's end with this. Let's let's talk about what you do. What your what what it is that you have. If people want to reach out to you, what is the program you have? You have this one step movement that's also on your on your oh, after your name. Um, let's talk about how they can find you, where your pot, what the name of your podcast is, and all the stuff that you do. Let's end with this. What you do? I would love to, uh, Mark. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I am a coach. I help people become healthier people. I just rescue them from where they're at. If they want to become healthier, I say, "Here's my hand. Let's go." I motivate them. Uh, I use the same methods that I use to drop 600 pounds. So that's what sets me apart from other coaches when it comes to the health and wellness realm. Uh, I know what it takes. I know the practices that it takes. I know the inspiration needed. I know the programs and, and the foods and the, all that stuff. You can't argue experience. So I do offer coaching. Uh, they can find more about my coaching on justinwillaby.com backslash coaching. It's pretty, pretty easy there. Uh, you can find me on socials, definitely on Instagram, um, Insta with Justin. That's W-I-T-H, not wit. <laughs> Insta <laughs> with Justin. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram, also on social media, as in Facebook. You can find me on there. You can find me at facebook.com backslash Justin Willoughby, or you could find me at One Step Movement on my biz business page. And that's the number one, just like I spelled it out by my name there. Also have an amazing podcast that I launched. Oh, I think it's been two months now. And we're doing amazing there. It's called 600 Pounds Down. And it's it's been inspiring a lot of people. And I'm just getting started with that. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. I'm also an author. I have books out on Amazon. Uh, I'm actually 
currently writing one right now. Actually, I'm finished with it. It's releasing January 14th. It's called Made in His Image, and it's about body image. It's about overcoming the insecurities and the lies that we once believed about ourselves. We don't have to anymore. So I do all that stuff, man. I'm motivationally, I'm a motivational speaker. I do a lot uh, just to reach into people's lives and and bless them and inspire them and to rescue them from themselves. That's what I do. Yeah, I think it's good. You 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 have a good. People will relate to you really well just because you're real and you've lived some stuff. I've always had a, you know, I've, I've always had a hard time with some, some coaches that I've had. Uh, I've had the, so I've had people that would coach me in, uh, in the gym and, but they've never been heavy. And then they're going to tell me what it's like to be heavy. I'm like, dude, just shut up, Ben. You do not have a clue. Okay. Yeah. All right. You walk around like freaking Atlas and, 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 you know, people adore you when you walk in the door and you're going to tell me that, you know, I know how you feel. No, you don't. Yeah. Right. And then I really just have a really good trainer at one time. His name's Ronnie Camacho. He's a really good friend of mine now. That's who I kind of used. And man, he used to help me with my mindset. I remember doing some curls with him, right? We're on the machine and I was just so frustrated that I couldn't, I couldn't make the, I, I can't make the, the, the scale move and tears are streaming down my face and I'm so angry about it. Right. And he's crying with me and, you know, carrying me through that, through that, uh, that time. But I will say this, right. I guess you have to tell this to everybody tell me if you agree or not, but as much as people, I want to do it for people. It's not until they make that choice. Can things change? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Mark, they honestly, I I've coached, I mean, just, Maybe even you have talked to people who you've coached in the past with what you do, but you can't really do it for people. I mean, they, they really have to, I always tell them this could be the last program. I could be your last coach that you will ever have. And you can walk away from this, this program. You can walk away from my coaching as a successful transformed person who is seeing success and is set up for success for the rest of their lives. Or you can do what most people do. And that's, I'll do this for three to six months. I'll lose some weight. I'll get healthier. I love what I'm seeing. Love the scale. I love what I'm feeling, but I just don't have what it takes to, to continue that. Um, and I think you have to be in a place mentally to accept this is a lifestyle change and not just some quick program. Programs are designed to get you through, to teach you new things, to help you reach your goals. But when that program's over, you're, Supposed to, supposed to maintain that. You're supposed to learn some things in here. That's why I don't focus on the scale 100%. I think it's important, but I don't focus on it 100% because there's so much more that you have to get crammed in here before you see those results on the scale. And yeah, so you can teach people, you can lead them, but they do not always uh, follow through with it. And you can only hold them by the hand for so long until it's their responsibility to, to make it happen. Yeah, that's all true. Yeah, man, this hour went by quick. You know, uh, I'll make sure now, Justin, at the end that uh, in your bio, when I when I log it up online, I'll put all your kind of uh, uh, your your Facebook and stuff in where people can reach out to you. And if you're on here watching or you're on the replay watching, make sure you hit replay so we know who's kind of on the replay and, and listening to it. If you've got these, it, listen, I'm telling you right now, if you've gotten these and if you get in this dark spot where you have this image of yourself and. And uh, by the way, I want to make sure everybody knows you lost 600 pounds without 
the weight loss surgery. We forgot to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was not surgery induced. This was done the good old fashioned way, right? Yes. You know, hard work, mindset, and, you know, and self-discipline. I mean, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> which is pretty much true for whatever you do. If you have those three things, you're going to, you're going to be successful as it is. So that's it. That's, and that's right. free information right there. Right. I mean, people heard that right there that you don't, I mean, there's so much information. I just want to clarify that, man. There's so much information out there that's absolutely free. There truly is no excuse to, to not know how to do something. The good news is coaches are available to lead you in that direction. But just if you can't afford a coach or you can't find a coach that fits you, you can at least go online and you can search social media. You can search YouTube, you can search Google, and you can just find so much free information there. But the thing that it comes down to is applying what you read, hear, and see. <laughs> that's correct. 100%. So that's good. I think we'll end on that, man. So I want to, I want to be respectful of your time and I'd enjoyed this, uh, really enjoyed this hour. Looking forward to, uh, yeah, if you have me on yours, we'll, uh, we'll go the opposite way. You can, you can, you can dabble into me a little bit cause, uh, I'm pretty transparent and, uh, weight has, uh, affected me my whole life. You know what I mean? And, uh, it drives me, it's, it drives me crazy on a, on a, on a daily, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right. That's coming. That's coming. Thank you, Mark. And all right, man. We get an invite. Thank you for everything today. All right. You're welcome, Justin. We'll talk soon. Bye now. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.